This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly sponsored by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. As a city supporter, we know you value delivery and McDelivery is up there with the very best. You'll always be winning with McDelivery because just like Kevin De Bruyne, McDelivery puts your order right on a plate. So the only thing left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered as well. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for you tomorrow. Only via the app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. City are leaving it late, but the business is starting to ramp up. We'll be discussing Matias Nunez, Eberetje Eze, City's trip to Bramall Lane and more. It's Thursday, August 24th. I'm Adam Booker. I'm Joe Busfield. And this is a City Report podcast. It's here for good to win. It is a thrilling start for Manchester City. The fastest ever goal in an FA Cup final. 2023 is the City treble year. Champions of England, FA Cup winners, and now, at last, champions of Europe. Welcome back to the show, Joe. Our latest signing. How are you finding your new digs? Uh, it's good. Yeah, it's uh, only only one down so far. Is that it's, we were joking it would be a, a Mangala esque debut. So I'm hoping this isn't a Mangala esque second game because uh, whew, that, that whole game was uh, something that was that was bad. I don't want to be doing that. Yeah, I've had to shield you from the DMs that we got from uh, from your debut. So I, I want to keep the confidence high. So I'm keeping <laughs> all of that stuff. Oh from God, you. that's that's what I want to hear. No, you've you've been great, and uh, you've been a welcome addition to our our group chat, which is is often mentioned on this on this show, which can get a little bit uh, wet and wild sometimes, and yeah, and weird in bit. many different ways. Um, but we're going to jump straight into the football because we've got plenty to talk about, and and we're limited on time today. So, um, loads of rumors to sift through and and discuss. We'll start in the midfield. Um, because obviously David Ornstein broke the news today, and it's worth mentioning we're recording this on the Wednesday, so so much could change by the time this comes out, but hopefully it doesn't. Um, David Ornstein revealed that that City are interested in bringing in Wolves midfielder Matias Nunez on a fee that could hit sixty million pounds or more. Um, 
City have, have long been linked to Nunes when he was at Sporting, of course, being Portuguese and the property of Uncle George Mendes, he headed to Wolves. Um, do City need another body in the middle of the park, Joe? And, and if so, is Nunes the man to, to be that extra body? This episode is brought to you by FX's Welcome to Wrexham. Celebrity owners Rob McElhenney and Ryan Reynolds' small-town Welsh football club is fighting for a chance at promotion. These two Hollywood stars lead a team in the midst of history in the making, while dedicated staff and supporters hold on to a dream of returning the team and this working-class town in Wales to glory. FX's Welcome to Wrexham premieres September 12th on FX. Stream on Hulu. Every child deserves a chance to live their best life and celebrate every moment. You can help St. Jude Children's Research Hospital give kids with cancer that chance. When you support St. Jude through your employee giving program, you can help make cures possible for kids with cancer. Together, we can save more lives. Help the kids of St. Jude today one paycheck at a time by making a payroll deduction gift through your employee giving program. Tap or click the banner now to learn more. Yeah, definitely. I think I think a lot of people were kind of already wanting a midfield body in there anyway before De Bruyne got injured. Obviously, Paqueta was the one who we were supposed to be getting before everything sort of has now transpired about him and his situation. Um, but we it was all pretty sort of generally well sort of taken as read that we do need another midfielder. Um, with Gundogan having gone out and Kovacic having come in, great. But Last season, we were kind of light on that area anyway. Like, it, obviously, Foden's moved into the centre, so maybe you could argue that one more body's been added there. But we're still we're still in a situation where we're kind of looking at Rodri and thinking, you're going to have to play almost every single game that we've got this season at the moment, and we want to bring in someone who can ideally take those minutes off him. Obviously, it looks very much as though Calvin Phillips is is not going to be trusted to do that if you know if the first couple of games of the season have been anything to go off. I mean, the Burnley game, we were 3-0 up. We had 20 minutes left to play. I think every midfielder on the bench, except for Calvin Phillips, got some time on the in the game. So that kind of gives you a bit of an indication of where Calvin Phillips sits in the uh, in the in the ranking at the moment. Um yeah, so so you know, if, with with Nunes being able to play that sixth role. It's very ideal for a lot of reasons. Obviously, Kovacic can do that as well, but we it's it's like a lot of the squad. We have a lot of players who can do both six and eight. We have a lot of players who can play the the eight and the wide position. We have players who can play both wide positions forward. And we, you know, if there's one thing Pep loves, it's versatility. And Nunes kind of like continues that trend. If if he is the the midfield that we're going to go after, because yeah, he can do the six, he can do the eight, and crucially, somebody who can take some minutes off Rodri. And he looks very much like he is up to the standard to, to to take some you know some serious Premier League minutes from Rodri if, if need be. Um, that's that's all good. That's all good for me. So is that I guess where you would see Nunez featuring the most is in that Rodri role because yeah, you know, obviously Calvin Phillips is the more direct like for like replacement. But as you said, it doesn't look like he's coming up off the bench anytime soon. Um, it sounds like from what we've been hearing from inside the city camp, that if Rodri were, be t- were to be replaced, it's probably by multiple people. You know, it's it's Stone stepping into midfield at the same time as Kovacic sitting back there or potentially Nunez. Is, is, that, is that how you that going forward? Or is somebody like Nunez a like-for-like replacement for Rodri? I think it'll probably be a bit more, as you've said, yeah, because we've, we've seen we've seen the couple of games since Kovacic has come in that he can play alongside Rodri and he can do um, a bit of the 
almost a double pivot where one where it's not necessarily two deep midfielders sitting behind, but they can rotate. Obviously, Rodri will go forward a bit sometimes, and whoever he, whichever one of the two goes forward, the other will stay back. And and Nunes can do that. So that's kind of if you switch out Rodri for Nunes and you have Nunes and Kovacic kind of doing the same kind of overlapping shuttling runs up and down the pitch that that seems like something that could work to me I'm not I'm I'm no I'm not necessarily an expert on Nunes I haven't watched every minute of every game he's played but the the, the games that I did see of him last year at Wolves and you know certainly the Manchester United game that we saw a couple of weeks ago he pretty much single-handedly but I mean, United's midfield was pathetic that day. But he 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 made them look every bit as bad as they were. That also, I know this is the nature of the podcast timing that we're recording. But apparently, Fabrizio Romano has just said that we've agreed personal terms with Nunes. So who knows? Again, there's still a lot to go through at this point. But yeah, he's he's looking a very sort of it's exciting the idea that we might get him as part of our midfield, basically, because yeah, he, he certainly helps to fill a hole that is there. Well, let's go off the assumption that Nunez does come in. Does that solidify Bernardo Silva as a right winger and nothing else? Um, you know, we have to think about Kevin De Bruyne um, will be coming back. I can't remember if Amos tweeted this or said it privately, but he did say Kevin De Bruyne is not dead. Um, he, he will play football again at some point. So he will come back. And, and if Nunez comes in, Kevin De Bruyne gets fit again. Hell, if Calvin Phillips somehow you know, starts to get minutes that midfield can kind of become a little bit, a little bit packed. Um, so where does that leave Bernardo Silva? Does that essentially mean he's a right winger and nothing else at this point? I mean, it's, it's a really tricky one, isn't it? I mean, you would, you would have to say yes, based on certainly how last season ended and how he played in the biggest games that we had towards the end of, particularly in the champions league. Maybe that is the position that he's going to be taking up. And maybe that's why obviously with Doku coming in, he can kind of play both sides and he's also a bit of a younger prospect and maybe the reason why we've gone for maybe a bit of a younger prospect rather than a first team ready sort of, you know, come straight in and make up the big numbers kind of player is because we we probably do very much see Bernardo playing on the right wing. Um, that would explain that to me anyway. I think that, I think I'd, I think I'd be okay with that, but I still, I still, I just love what Bernardo brings in the center of the park and you know having a lot of options in the middle is 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 ideal. It's it's always going to be it's I imagine that it'll probably be quite rotational in games. I think him and Foden particularly if they play together, they can both kind of flick between the two within games. I don't know how easy it is for players to get rhythm doing that in the middle of matches, but um it's always something that can happen. But I, yeah, I mean, based on how last season ended and how Bernardo performed so well in that role in the biggest games, I would be shocked if Pep doesn't see Bernardo as a right winger going forward. Um, and obviously, he had the 2018-19 season as well, didn't he, where he did that to, to particularly good effect. So, yeah, I, you know, we lose something in the middle if Bernardo does go and maybe there'll be the odd game where he's still deployed there. You know, if you're not putting him in the centre against Liverpool, for example, then I don't know why you would ever not do that. But I think, yeah, if 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 he's going to play on the right, then that's that's all fine with me as well. He brings he brings a lot wherever he plays Bernardo. So, yeah, absolutely. I think Bernardo, like Rodri, is one of those players that you essentially can't replace him like for like because he's so, he does so many things. So, you know, perhaps the Nunes signing and... Um, and Kovacic as well is is with an idea of Bernardo being moved to the wing, and you replace him with multiple people. So yeah. um, let's let's stay on the wings then. And, and obviously, we've heard reports of um, of City signing Eberechi Eze from from Crystal Palace, and 
We expect City to wrap up the signing of Jeremy Doku this week. Uh, it may even be done by the time you guys are listening to this. Um, but like I said, City have been linked to Eze in the past few days after being strongly linked to his his Palace teammate, Michael Elise, earlier in the window. Um, like Doku, he's a young, raw talent that, you know, in the warm embrace of Pep Guardiola, could surely be developed into a star from the flashes we've seen at Palace. Um, with Cole Palmer in mind, and we talked kind of more about the wings on, on earlier episodes this week, but with Cole Palmer in mind, another young talent that, you know, looks to be on his way to the top. Are City barking up the right tree with Eze here? Because, you know, with Doku coming in, Eze coming in, potentially. Um, Bernardo Silva being on the wing probably full-time. It feels like all of a sudden, maybe that right wing gets a little bit bloated. We went from thin to bloated almost overnight. Yeah, I've, I think we've, we've mentioned this in the group chat a few times um, in this last week, basically, since the, since the reports and rumors have been coming in. Because I think Cole Palmer gave, he gave an interview after, I can't remember if it was after the, I can't remember if it was after the Super Cup or the Community Shield. I think it was the Super Cup where he basically just said that if, if, a, if a signing's made, I might have to reconsider my options here at the club. And obviously since then we've signed Doku. Now Doku is kind of at an age bracket where Cole Palmer doesn't necessarily have to feel like he's immediately shunted out by the arrival of Doku. And obviously there's going to be a lot of time for Doku to adapt to the system and get things, you know, get up to speed with, with Pep Guardiola football, which usually takes typically a year. So there's a lot of time for him to bed in that, that Palmer can take advantage of. But obviously, as you say, if Bernardo's going to come back and just play that right wing role anyway from the get go, then Palmer's in a bit of a situation where he's got a real decision to make. And and like you say, if we add Eze, if we add Eze to that, I mean, yeah, like you say, if 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 Palmer's already committed to being on the way out, and he's just gone as soon as he saw that Doku's going to sign, he just went right. And maybe that's where this is. Maybe that's where this interest has come from. Maybe Palmer's already kind of made it clear inside the club that well, Doku's coming in, so I'm off. And then City are kind of back to square one where they've only got really two, like, you know, legit options on the wing. In terms of, you've got Grealish and Doku as as players who are going to be, like, full-time wingers, really. Even if you add Bernardo to that, you've got three, assuming that Phil's moved to the centre, moved to the centre full-time. So you've got three players for two spots, and then you do need to get somebody else in. If we can get Palmer out for, say, 30 million, which has been a number that has been reported as a bids we've had and rejected if we get 30 to 35 million for Palmer and then we can get Eze for you know say double that you've effectively paid 35 million for Eze at that but obviously that's some very like you know that's some very like scribbly paper maths that I've done there but that's kind of the, probably the way that the club will look at it um I'd personally rather we kept Palmer if that's an option because I really like Cole Palmer. I know that there's, you know, some people are a bit skeptical about whether he's got what it takes to be, you know, a top level player for the club. But you need you need an academy player to fill some squad roles now and then. And if you can get ten to fifteen games, maybe twenty games this season, great. I'd rather we kept Palmer to do that job than necessarily go out and spend seventy, eighty million plus on on somebody like Eze. But um, I imagine that'll. I imagine this the transfer of Eze will will probably come down to some degree to what Palmer's decision on his future is going to be because Pep spoke quite highly of him and has made it clear that he wants to keep him, but it's it's all down to Palmer now what he wants to do. Well, it is a weird one, isn't it? Because you know it, it's not like they're bringing in a player like Nolito, you know, who who has kind of been there, done that, and has a bit of experience. And listen, I loved Nolito for about uh, two weeks back in 2016. <laughs> um, 
but you know, it's, it's bringing in more youth and more players that are, are raw talents. And it feels like you already have an, an unpolished gem sitting there in Cole Palmer. And why go out and spend the extra money when, when maybe you've got one sitting there for free? But um, obviously, we have no idea what goes on in training. We have no idea what the long-term plan is for Palmer um, from the club. Um, that $30 million bid for Palmer that has been reportedly been rejected, we've heard interest from from clubs like West Ham, like Brighton. Do you think that rejection from City comes from valuing him higher or the fact that maybe Eze and Doku weren't on the radar yet? I think it's probably a little bit of both. I would imagine they I would imagine that they, that they'll they'll never accept the first bid anyway. So if 30 is the first bid, they're gonna they're gonna hold out for they're gonna say we want 40 and probably meet them halfway. However, we just lost Mares at the time. Um we didn't like you say we didn't have Doku or Eze really on the radar at all at the time that this was happening. So we were we were genuinely looking at going into a season. If even with Bernardo, if we say that Bernardo is a winger, we were looking at going in as I've just said with 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 three people for two positions. In which case, yeah, we can't afford to sell Palmer no matter what because then we need to get two people in to replace him. And at the time, we weren't really we weren't really deep into any of the negotiations with any of the players that we'd need for it. As you say, maybe if we've got Eze on the radar now, maybe if Cole Palm's already said, right, I want to leave, 30 million suddenly becomes a, a number that we might be willing to sell him for. But if we were in a position where it's it's sell him and then have two players left and basically be relying on those two staying fit for the whole time up until we do get a Doku in or or a, or a um, or an Eze, then yeah, 30 million doesn't matter at that point. But now maybe thirty million is absolutely fine, and we'll probably find out in the next in the next few days, maybe the next week or so. That if if Palmer's made it clear to the club that he wants to go, the media will get wind of it relatively quickly, I would imagine. And maybe in the next press conference, maybe in the next, maybe the one after the Sheffield game coming up, there'll be some questions about Cole Palmer's future. And we might we might know a little bit more about it. But um, yeah, I I just, I just I just really hope he stays. I just want to I just want to see him at least be given a proper because last season wasn't great for him for for injury reasons and for you know the way that he he came back from injury just as the just as the um, the the games were getting really serious and not really a time to throw him in. But given the summer that he's just had with the under twenty ones and 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 doing really well for England and then sort of coming off the back of that with that Super Cup performance, it'd be a real shame for us to just then turn around and just sell him a week and a half later. So yeah, I I really hope he stays. All right, that'll do for part one. We will be back in a moment for part two to talk about Bernardo Silva's contract extension and City's trip to Bramall Lane. The NFL is here, and it's all about the sweet offers from DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. New customers can pocket $200 in bonus bets instantly when you bet just 5 bucks on any NFL game. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code FIELDGOAL to sign up. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. See dkng.co slash football for eligibility, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. NFL Sunday Ticket is now on YouTube and YouTube TV, which means that you can stay close to your team even if you don't live in their town. Like, maybe you're a Raven who married a Seahawk who got a job in the land of the Falcons. With NFL Sunday Ticket, you can watch your team's out-of-market Sunday afternoon games no matter where you live because you shouldn't have to change teams even if you change towns. NFL Sunday Ticket, now on YouTube and YouTube TV. Go to youtube.com slash presale to get $50 off. Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends 919. No refund. Subscription auto renews. 
Welcome back to the City Report podcast. If you are new here, leave a rating, leave a review, hit the follow button, hit the subscribe button. That's the best way for us to get this show out to more blues like you. Joe, we'll come on to Bernardo Silva, who uh, it's been announced today has signed a contract extension with the club, keeping him until 2026. Now, I think any other player, this would probably be a very celebratory mood, but this... It feels like a bit of a weird one. I'm actually surprised to see Bernardo Silva holding up a jersey and a contract and not today's newspaper, um, you know, to, to show that he is still alive in the basement that he's been kidnapped in, in <laughs> East Manchester. Um, it's fantastic he's staying at the club. He's, a, he's an absolutely magical player, and, and we mentioned earlier in the show that he's a player that plays three or four positions on the pitch at one time. Um but it does feel like a bit of a weird one that almost this contract extension is the guarantee that he's leaving in the next twelve months, perhaps. The Bernardo, this whole Bernardo Silva situation has been situation has been so strange. I think any my my typically my sort of thoughts on a player are if you've made it clear that you want to leave and you're talking to the media every year and every transfer window that you get that you want to leave, suddenly suddenly I've got no interest in you anymore. You can get out as far as I'm concerned. But, but Bernardo Silva, like I don't want him to. I'd never wanted him to go. Like I've 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 somehow stood by him and loved him through the whole thing because, at the end of the day, he's never. No matter what he said off the pitch, and that can always be quite annoying when it comes to a January transfer window and and he's and he's briefing the media saying like on on international duty saying, oh the club know how I feel. It's just about what can ha- we will just wait and see what can happen. That is annoying. However, on the pitch, there's been absolutely nothing to complain about at all. Like you say, the guy the 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 guy plays. Every position on the pitch that he that he can, his his work rate is. I don't think there's anybody in the Premier League who's got a work rate like that. It's it's he he puts out silly numbers in terms of running stats in in the in the biggest games. It's just unbelievable. I, I think that when it came to the end of the transfer, when it came to the end of the season, there was some talks that City had offered him a contract, and it felt a bit like a sort of hail mary before you know, a, a PSG or they, because they were quite heavily rumoured to be going after him at the time, a PSG or even Saudi Arabia were going to come in and just take him off us. And it felt like a bit of a, it felt like a bit of a, now nah, come on, just, just, just let us give you a pay rise and you can go next summer. And, and that, and that is effectively kind of what we've done. There's rumours of a, there's rumours of a release clause maybe, but I don't know if that's been fully, con- at least not at the time that we're recording now, it's not been fully confirmed that that is definitely a thing in the contract. Um, I would be, I wouldn't really be so if if we go off what the rumors were like a few weeks ago, where I think it's a forty a forty something million release clause that comes into effect next summer if he signs it. If that's the case, I'm actually quite okay with that. I think it gives him a bit of security for a year. It gives us security for a year to sort of know that right. If you're going to go next summer, we can, you know, the signings of of Nunes, for example, are kind of being done to help facilitate that next year and sort of make it less of a transition next year that we're bringing Nunes in now. Something like that could, could well be going on. But it also, you know, it means that Bernardo has an actual concrete way out next summer rather than this year where it's been very much a case at the start of the season. It was like, right, you can go if someone will pay 60, 70 million. Then Gundogan leaves and it's like, right, okay, maybe we need 80 million. And then it gets to the end of the window where we've not we've only really signed Kovacic and it's like, right, uh, Bernardo, you're not going anywhere, pal. Sorry, you're going to have to stay. I think next season, if the if the release clause is there, Bernardo has security that he can actually have his way out of the club if he wants it. And we kind of have the security of knowing we've got him for a year. He's fully committed. He's been given a pay rise that he absolutely fully deserves. 
And it's just a good bit of business for Manchester City on not just a player level, but it's one of those things where it's just it just shows that the club genuinely just is quite good to its players and its staff. Like if you've been one of our best players, maybe you want to leave and you can't get the move that you want this summer, but we're still going to reward you for the fact that you've been our best player for the last couple of years or one of them. And um, yeah, it's 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 great. Obviously, like you say, complete, completely baffling that he's managed to sign this contract so he managed to get it done. But um, I'm absolutely not complaining at all. It's um, it's it's huge. It's one of the, it's one of the best things we've done this summer, I think. Is that true, though? What you say about City kind of treating Bernardo Silva in this situation almost um, almost like a lifetime achievement award with this contract and, and kind of giving him what he wants? But it, it, surely there have been offers for him that they could have accepted in the past twelve months, twenty four months. When he, you know, the the briefing from the club was always. If an offer that's suitable comes to our door, we'll accept yeah. it. And and I think there's been pretty strong rumors of of offers that most of us would deem suitable. It's maybe possibly. I I, I think which of the clubs have brought in offers for him though, because I think that kind of depends. I think PS. I think if you're getting a put off from PSG, for example. There's very there's a lot of political things going on there, and we know yeah. that PSG have got money to burn. So maybe the asking price for PSG is probably a little bit higher than what an asking price would be from, say, Barcelona, if they actually had any real money to play with. Um, yes, yeah, so it, it could be one. It could be one. I don't really know, but I mean, I, I can't remember off the top of my head any bids that we've had where I would be like, yeah, okay, cool, like sell Bernardo for that. But um, it's Pep, Pep has always said publicly anyway, like we need to, you know, clubs need to bring an offer to us that we're happy to accept. And for whatever reason, whether it's some whether whether the values of the bids that have been received are what we personally would accept, I imagine that the club factoring in the hassle of trying to get a player in to replace Bernardo. And realistically, we all thought that was probably going to be Bellingham at the end of last summer. We thought that somebody who could do that job would be Jude Bellingham. And now it comes to the point where um and obviously this summer comes round, Real Madrid take him. We don't have we don't have Bellingham anymore. And then like you say, maybe we're looking at replacing these players with with one or two players instead of just Bellingham, um, that probably also influences things as well. I don't, I don't know. There's, there's almost certainly a lot that goes into these transfers, but I, I still think we've done okay by Bernardo. I mean, I think if he felt otherwise, he definitely just wouldn't sign the contract and would just come go into next summer knowing he has one year left on his deal and he can just walk away for free, or well, near as close to free compared to what the the, the amount we probably have to get for him next summer. Um, but yeah, I, it, it's it's been a really weird one because normally if a player makes it clear for two or three years on the spin that he wants to leave, he's gone by now, and yet and yet here he is for for whatever reason that may be. Yeah, yeah, me neither. Bernardo Silva sticking around is is definitely something to celebrate, and and we'll shift our attention now to the match against Sheffield United uh, this weekend. <clears throat> Obviously, keep an eye out for tomorrow's episode where Amos is joined by a guest to discuss Sheffield United's point of view on this fixture. Um, but just quickly, we'll touch on City's point of view, Joe. Any issues, any any worries heading to Bramall Lane? Obviously, a newly promoted team at home. Um, you know, two losses from two to start the season for them. I think if there's anything to hone in on with City at the moment, it's it's maybe it's felt like there's been a lack of a creative spark in the team. Um, are there any worries on your end from that point of view? I think... I think the, the Newcastle game kind of gave me a lot of reassurance on the creativity front point. Of, I think I think Phil Foden being in the middle, if he can replicate even 75% of the performance that he put in against Newcastle and Haaland can just 
not have a Newcastle defender fly in front of every single shot that he takes just as he really, just as he pulls the trigger. I think we're probably going to be okay against Sheffield. I think he's got he's got a, Phil Foden just brings so much in the middle, and Rodri as well provides a lot of creativity from 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 deeper. I think yeah, I think maybe where the creativity doesn't so much come from is is the wings, and I would hope that. And I've said this in the in the in the group chat before now, but I think if Palmer doesn't get a start against Sheffield, then we can probably that probably maybe says something about his future because I think this is the perfect kind of game for Palmer to maybe start. It's lower league opposition, um, you know they've just been promoted. We don't have a lot in the way of creativity on that side. I mean, I think last I think against Newcastle we were kind of putting Kyle Walker high and wide for, and I think against Sheffield. We've got to just put someone like Palmer in there who can obviously provide a goal threat as well as you know the ability to create stuff as well. Um, yeah, I would. I, I think we can. It's the kind of game where we don't have to worry so much defensively. Obviously, this is going to, this is going to sound really bad if we end up losing there now, but <laughs> I think we can we can worry less about the defensive side of things. Whereas against Newcastle, we obviously had to keep quite a heavy eye on our defensive um, side, and hopefully that will mean that the team can focus more on getting forward and, and providing the creativity rather than having to have one eye constantly on the goal. Cause you know, you've got some, cause I think Sheffield's she, those first two defeats and obviously Sheffield weren't coming into the season with the greatest prospects and the mood around the club probably won't have been great anyway, given that they'd only just, that they'd gone up and knew that they didn't really have, obviously you go, you go up with, for the players, it's great because they've come up to the Premier League, but I think there everyone in the club is very aware of what their financial restraints are and what the, what the, um, the sort of the ambition is from the club at the moment. I think they're just they're just they're just happy to be here this season. I think, and that will hopefully mean that we've got we've got too much of them at the end of the day. How important is it for Erling Holland to have a big day this weekend? You know, it's um, been a couple of weeks since that Burnley game where he obviously had the two goals, but no goals against Newcastle, no goals in the the Super Cup, and and obviously against Newcastle, he had a couple of efforts where. You know, you think Holland in the middle of last season would be burying those, hmm. um, and, and he, he scuffed a few of them. Are we worried about that? Is it is it important for him to have a, one of those days where he's just unleashed and uh, you know scores three or four and a half, and then City can can put the handbrake on? Um, or is it fine that he's just easing into the season and City are still getting results? I mean, I think the the latter is is definitely true. If he doesn't have a great game, but we still get a result, I think it'll be it'll be fine. And we all know that Haaland will eventually it will click, and it'll it'll just go on like a he'll he'll have a, a month where he'll score like ten or twelve goals or something. But that that will happen at some point. Um, but I think yeah, Sheffield are the kind of club where you would definitely expect him if he has a game. You know, if he has another game like the Sevilla game, for example, where he just isn't involved at all and the ball never reaches him, then that's when we've got to really have a bit of a, you know, what is he, he's got to do more here kind of thing. But I think the Newcastle game, his performance was fine. I think he just, Newcastle just, like I said before, kind of did a lot of last ditch defending to block a lot of his shots. And I think on another day, he probably does get two or three in that game. Um I think the link up between him and Foden in particular is is really good. Foden knows how to pick out his runs and how to sort of find him when he gets up, when he when he goes through the middle. So yeah, if 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 Foden can put a chance like you know put a few chances on the plate for him like he did against like he did against Newcastle who are much more defensively sound than Sheffield are, then I would expect Haaland to come away from the game with at least a goal or two. Um and yeah, I would, I would, I would still definitely expect that to be the case. However, if we come out of the game, if we come out the other side of the game and he hasn't scored, but he's still been involved and he still looks 
he still looks like he's doing stuff, then I'm fine with that. It's if he has a game like Sevilla where it doesn't look like he's doing anything at all, then that's where it's going to be. That's where it's going to be a bit more of a problem for me. But you know, it's Haaland. I'm, I, my my guess is that he'll. My guess is that he'll score. Hopefully. Well, here's to hoping for a Holland double hat trick this weekend, and and that'll do for us today. Joe, thank you very much for joining me. Yeah, thank you very much for having me. And until next time, see you later. Make sure you're geared up for Man City's end-of-season running with McDelivery. Great food delivered right to your door. By using McDelivery, you won't miss a moment of City's crucial running, and just like Kevin De Bruyne, they deliver your order exactly where you want it. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. Are you in? At participating restaurants only, 18 and plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply, see mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.